this is Tommy, and you're listening to the Unaccepted Podcast. Welcome to the Unaccepted Podcast, the podcast for car enthusiasts and anime fans. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm Manny. And Manny, what are we drinking today? Some Amber Box. Yes. I think pretty much almost every time we record, we're drinking something, right? Manny just Modelo sometimes, but again, it's always Modelo time. It's always Modelo time. Wise words. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we got a good episode today. We got, you know, a couple anime headlines. We're going to run into a little couple of uh, car-related stuff, but I think the bulk is going to be a lot of uh, more event things going on, right? Events and event updates. Yeah, I mean, we've been getting a lot of events lately now with just COVID and just lifting up. Well, not COVID, but the restrictions on COVID. Yeah, we're we're almost free. Yes. Almost. <laughs> but we'll get a little bit more into that later, so let's just knock out these headlines real quick, man. Yeah. So this was actually really funny to me. Uh, we all know, well, you probably don't know her too much, but for lots of other people, we know Hatsune Miku. And Hatsune Miku can basically, in my opinion, probably be more famous than any other U.S. pop star worldwide. Because she's pretty much everywhere. I mean, she, the company Krypton Future, uh, Future Media Inc. would basically... Like an evil-sounding name. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> don't get us copyrighted. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but the company the company just basically sells out her voice as like licenses to like basically make songs using her voice. And like lots of other big like DJs and artists have taken advantage of her voice program and stuff and just made complete songs of her and stuff. And it's just blown up where not only just big famous DJs, but you also have like fan made stuff too. So like thousands and thousands of songs to be found on youtube especially for her and she was debuted back in 2007 i correct so technically by of 2020 she should be no by this year mika should be like 13 years old okay. so and we all know twitter has like an age restriction setting for when you make accounts on their on their social media platform and that age restriction is 13 years old. Yes, okay. Where are you going with this? So, the main English admin for Hatsune Miku's official account on Twitter decided to set her birth date for when she debuted back in 2007. So, once it did that, it put her age as 13 and it just completely suspended the official account for Hatsune Miku. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, so it just, like, it threw up a roar, especially with, like, I mean, Hatsune Miku is, like, not, is an official, a fictional character, but because they put the age at that 13, it just, like, canceled. Yeah, I'm sure there's, like, an algorithm or something that just pretty much stopped it right then and there. Yeah. So, the English, the English um, admin, I'm trying to see if there's, like, English by, like, I guess it's just English. It doesn't say anything else, like what they mean by English, if they mean by the language, or maybe something else. But it looked like he was actually aware of the Twitter age restrictions, but he didn't think it was actually going to go that far, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, because it's not real, right? Mm-hmm. 
But I guess, you know, he didn't really account for the automatic, like, hey, you input this date and it's automatically probably going to suspend it. Yeah. So on Hatsune Miku's Twitter account, they finally t- tweeted after their account was given back, saying, thankfully, the account lock was resolved while admin was asleep having nightmares. <laughs> yeah, that's what it said. But now the account's B day is set to the admin's birthday and cannot be changed. No more balloons for Miku. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it can only be changed at least once, I guess. After you change, after you first put in the date. So, I guess they, with that, they couldn't change the date anymore. Got it. And what's interesting Wait, is... Wait, so now technically is Hatsune Miko like a 40-year-old man? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. Nothing describes the internet more than that moment. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what like the the virtual YouTubers are now. Those uh those VTubers. I don't know if you've seen them. There was one that everybody was making stickers of for a while. Well, they they they've been making stickers for almost all of them so far. Okay, I only know of one that was like a YouTube one. Well, there was one where I posted some videos on my IG like like a anime girl with like red hair and she was like playing GTA 5 and everything and just doing like reaction videos to her gameplay and everything. You probably don't remember. I do not. Nope. Okay. Uh, she was funny though. I'll show you the video later. But uh, what was I going to go with this? Oh, so there is uh, there was one time where a VTuber where the camera actually malfunctioned and it turned off the screen and showed the actual person behind the VTuber. And it was an old Japanese man. <laughs> <laughs> Using like voice um, voice alternating software and everything to give it like that high-pitched anime female voice and everything. And of course the VR technology to like capture the movements and everything. Oh, so it is. Uh, that's what I was gonna ask. I was like, so how did it malfunction? If they're using a camera, they're so they're not using like a pre-recorded, um, a pre-recorded video. No, they're actually live on camera with some sort of uh, filter. Yes. Huh. I didn't know that. Just like this one, a uh, filter where like this. I forgot what I think she. I can't remember if it was in Japan. Or the Philippines, or in China, one of those three, maybe. But I guess there was a there was a woman that was like pretty famous on social media, where she was like a biker and everything, and like she was really beautiful. And then it was finally announced that she was actually like a forty year old man using phones, like some sort of filter on her phone on the phone to make it look like she was like a young female. I feel like you brought this up on an episode a while I did ago. Not. I did not. Because this was kind of recent. Okay. Maybe it was something else. And when that happened, I mean, usually in these types of situations, they would get canceled by their own fan base. But in this situation, like, the fan base actually rallied to help, like, to support him more. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. When you simp so hard? Pretty much. Just like that sticker I bought at Tenoshi. (laughs) (laughs) We'll simp for car parts. Will you? I mean, if it's possible, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. All right. All right. But that was funny. So one of the one of the most interesting parts of this article that I read is that it wasn't... Not only has this actually happened to Hatsune Miku, it's actually happened to other companies like Crunchyroll as well. Like their established date or what? Their mascot. 
Oh, okay. that's right. They have like a mascot too. Mm-hmm. So they have like an official Twitter for their mascot as well. That runs their account for the official Crunchyroll account, basically. Okay. And her and her name is Hime, which is princess, basically. Uh huh. In the Japanese. But I guess they try to set the name for or the date for her birthday as the birthday for the Twitter account. And that's they also got suspended just like what happened with Hatsune Miku. Oh, wow. And I'm trying to see. It looks like Anime News Network also uh, was also banned from or suspended from Twitter when they I guess they try to like put like their established date as their birthday on the account. Ah, so it's kind of, I mean, it's weird. I mean, these are actual official accounts. Like, you know, like when they have that blue check next yeah. to them. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe uh, Twitter just needs to add like an established date. That is true. Right? Instead yeah. of instead of trying to like uh, backdoor it with a birthday, mm-hmm. they can add like a company social media establishment date or something. I mean, it should also, I mean, these are accounts that are, these are business accounts, I'm assuming. I'm assuming Twitter has a separate section for business accounts kind of like ig has like a creator's account a business account and then you just have a personal account i don't know i don't use twitter very often no but you know what i'm saying about the ig part right yeah yeah and i feel like twitter should should or maybe they already have i just don't know i don't use twitter that much i have a twitter account i nor i rarely go on it so i don't know the the whole situation on how their their system is set up but i feel like they should have something like that especially Whereas if it's an it's an actual business, just like how you just said, it should have an establishment date, so it doesn't get flagged like a personal account for just the birth date. Yeah. But I'm trying to see if there's other accounts that were also suspended just like that, but it doesn't seem to see anything else. It just it just mentions Crunchyroll and uh, Anime News Network's official accounts, which is uh, which brings it up again. These are official accounts that are like verified. Not like fan-made accounts. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of... I mean, I guess uh, they try to personify these mascots so much, like, they finally, you know, they're getting treated like people now. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so that's basically the take on that situation right there. Okay. Especially for Miku. I mean, mean, yeah, uh, can't really... Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, if we're talking about the twins that are with her in her group, then that that's that's a whole different discussion. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about, buddy. It was on another podcast I heard about, but I already knew about it. They just refreshed my memory on when I heard their episode on it. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it on that. That what just happened there. All right. What do we got next? And then we also do have a new medical life-saving technique so you remember you were obviously you remember neon genesis evangelion correct yeah and you remember when shinji first got into the robot and while he was sitting in the cockpit it filled up with a fluid and he thought he was gonna drown yes and then next thing you know he was able to breathe in that liquid so a team in Tokyo uh, for, a to- uh, for a Tokyo Medical and Dental University, just a bunch of team of researchers, they've created a fluid uh, that is oxygen carrying, but is delivered through the anus. <laughs> what? Yes. And they named it after Evangelion. 
Oh, okay. Hold on, hold on. So let's back this up just a little bit here. Yeah. What is it used for? They're they're trying to find a way to use it as a respiratory uh, treatment. At the moment, they're testing on the mice and pigs at the moment. But I guess the goal is to find a way to like give treatment towards res- respiratory systems for humans. Maybe I mean that's where that's where it all goes towards at the uh, at the end. Honestly, first test on animals, even though it's illegal and everything, but then like work its way up to see if it could be used for human use. But through the anus. Yes. Is there a reason they're not going through, you know, the lungs? <laughs> Uh, so what the article said is that there's a breathing method that's employed by loaches where the intestines actually absorb oxygen. So the idea is like a alternative towards mechanical ventilators where the liquid will will be absorbed through the intestines to give oxygen to the body instead of the use of ventilators. So are they dipping them into a pool or giving them like essentially a liquid oxygen enema? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to say with the latter, honestly. <laughs> uh, oh my God. I can't think of anything after you just said that. <laughs> oh shit. I mean, usually wind only goes out, you know, air only comes out one way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue, uh, Manny. So they try to name this. Call, uh, they try to call it the Ava method, which also. Oh, was, shit. Yeah. The Ava method. <laughs> also known as uh, eternal ventilation via anus. Oh, they literally made yes. the acronym. Yes. Oh, that is amazing. <laughs> but. They also decided to make the name also, well, in inspiration towards Evangelion, basically. Those sick motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I first saw this, I was like, what the, what, what the hell am I reading? Yeah, there's probably an easier method. They just wanted to do this. And what also like caused this type of situation to occur is just basically the shortage of ventilators in this whole COVID pandemic era that we're in right now. Because ventilators got pretty bad, especially with uh, shortages. Yeah, absolutely it did. Yeah, so with the uh, with this whole situation of shortage on ventilators, I guess these researchers try to research a liquid where they can inject infuse oxygen to inject via anus so the body can that's deprived of oxygen to absorb the oxygen was so it no longer has to use a ventilator. Yep. Okay. I'm trying to see what this liquid is called. And, and I know I saw a name for it. Uh, I'm trying to see what that name is. It, it's a really long name. But it was kind of weird. I'm trying to think. Try. Uh, oh, there it is. To a so, this is a quote that says the researchers added oxygen to a parafluorochemical, a compound with a high capacity to absorb gases, and injected into them uh, into oxygen-deprived mammals. So it is an enema. Yes. Oh my god! Just without the foreplay. 
<laughs> do you get foreplay before your enemas? I don't know. I don't. I'm not, I'm not gonna do that shit. <laughs> I mean, would you know? No. Although I would expect some cuddling after. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Well, that's interesting. That, it, it's good to know that weebs are putting their minds to good use. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can consider these researchers weebs if they got inspiration from the well, anime. Well, it's because you know what they're going to use to inject it is going to be a tentacle. You know it's going to be a... Look at You know it's going to be a tentacle. <laughs> I never thought of that until you just said it. They're naming it after anime stuff. They're going to have a tentacle injector for your oxygen enema. <laughs> Go to sleep with that image, Manny. I, I, I'd re- fuck this. I'm going to play Resident Evil. And just, <laughs> I'll just play Resident Evil, give myself nightmares so I can forget about this. You're welcome. Which I did, honestly. Okay. Oh, last night or what? Uh, a few nights ago, I played Resident Evil, finally started it. And I got to one part, one part where... So there's four lords in the game. And I decided to continue on like at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in my room, just playing. And then I, when I got to the second lord, the House of Benevito, I think that's how I pronounced it right. I hope so. But it's basically a, a woman that can like hide herself using some sort of powers. And she'll use puppet powers while she'll control dolls and objects and everything. And her main doll was the doll that was used by a ventriloquist called Benevito. Again, if I butcher the name, I... Sorry. Sounded like Bienvenidos. But basically this doll kind of reminded me of Annabelle. I mean, Annabelle didn't... I When I watched those movies, it bored the shit out of me. But I don't know what it is on this take in this game where just seeing that doll in a wedding dress completely fucked up and everything, deteriorating, and it was just giving me the meanest chills in my body with every action it was taking it got to a point where it like kidnapped me in the game and put me in like an escape room style where i have to like solve puzzles just to get outside the room but the worst part was when a giant slime baby was chasing me around the house and i'm again this game is like first person viewer and the whole the whole house goes dark so i'm using a flashlight and I'm just creeping across uh, around the corners of the hallways and just seeing this shit. I'm like, oh, my God. I felt like all the goosebumps in my body were about to burst. Like, I was just having heavy body chills just experiencing this shit and just trying to run away from it. Oh, shit. But I'm pretty sure the goosebumps from the oxygen enema is worse. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna try it? No, I just wanted to wanted to mess with your dreams, Manny. Oh, I thought your goal was to get that oxygen. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I am vaccinated, so hopefully I will not have to be on a respirator anytime soon. Okay. Okay. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. That's the goal. Yeah. All right, Manny, what do we got next? And I mean, some like small updates, honestly. Uh, we have the Berserker creator, Kentaro Miyuru. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Miura. 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 There you go. Uh, he actually just passed away quite a few days ago at the age of 54. 
And this is big because Berserker actually influenced and inspired a lot of the works that we see today. Uh, one of them being like Sword Online and just many other animes that we can think of that was probably inspired by how successful and how fi- like just well-known Berserker came to be. Uh, I don't know if you've read the books or maybe seen some of the animes that came out and stuff, the movies especially. Mm-hmm. And he passed away on May 6th due to an acute erotic dissection. And what what was interesting is that a lot of people have paid or just like paying tribute just all over the world on social media and stuff. I just saw an article recently where like uh, players on final on the newest Final Fantasy game were holding like vi- uh, vigils and moments of silence and like gatherings in game and everything. And it's just going to be really interesting just to see how. Oh, what was interesting was actually I think it was on Amazon, where it be- it became all time top sales for the Berserk uh, books. I think some of the movies too. I mean, I could see that for mm-hmm. sure. It was it was a definitely a heavy hitter for me. Yeah, I just really hope they can finally do some justice and give it some good quality animation or a good quality anime anime series for this for this series in particular. Yeah, hopefully. Because this, uh, the anime, the animes that they've come out already recently with they, they, they just been shit. Honestly, they've gave, they've gave no justice to the to the actual uh, creation of the of the series. Yeah, especially the most recent ones, uh, the CGI ones. Yeah, man, that they, they were terrible. That was really really bad. Yeah. I mean. I mean, people are still going to probably watch it. I mean, it's a really well-known series. I think I have a buddy that got, like, one of the symbols in the anime or the series tattooed on himself. So I know he's a big Berserker fan. And, I mean, there wasn't really fucked up in that shit in that series. I'm not going to lie. Especially with the, were, the horse the hor- Yeah, the horse. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that scene, like, fucked me up when I saw that shit. Yeah, no, there's some there's some wicked scenes in there for sure. And the horse was definitely one of those that stick with you. It'll follow you around. Or when he was trapped in a cell and just raped. Yeah, that was pretty fucked up too. Yeah. <laughs> so some of his other works were like King of Wolves. And also, he also did, uh, it was like a manga that he was also written with Fist of the North Star creator, writer. Uh, Boronson in 1989 and just pretty much just a bunch of other stuff that he's made and again without him and his series Berserker we probably wouldn't have like a lot of great anime series that we wouldn't be able to see today yeah yeah they definitely had uh, a couple of those that kind of push the buttons on a lot of stuff mm-hmm. like in a sense I think it pushed it more than like Goblin Slayer did, you know? Yes. So, I mean, Goblin Slayer wouldn't be able to get as graphic as they did if it wasn't for, you know, Berserk. I think um, another... It's not an anime series, but it also tor- uh, goes towards, like, the nerd fandom. Um, if I'm correct, it also inspired the Dark Souls series games. Really? Which I can see it, honestly. You know, I guess I was kind of unaware of the timing of which one came out when... So I guess I never really could make that connection, but 
mm-hmm. mean, I can definitely see them being related in some sort, you know? Oh, now I realize that they actually, it, Final Fantasy was actually kind of inspired by Berserk as well. And I think that's why the in-game players were also doing like vigils and like moments of silence ceremonies in the game. As as like a, well, like doing in-game gatherings and stuff. Huh. So that was that. I think that was just interesting as well. And of course, I'm trying to I'm trying to look it up right now to see what other series that were inspired by them and everything. Uh, I mean, like there were some other series that were trying to emulate it, like Vinland Saga, uh, Seven Seeds. Of course, Goblin Slayer. I would say was inspired by it, maybe. Well, I mean, it, it opened up the doors. Yes. Right. Every time an anime kind of pushes into a new boundary or kind of pushes the limit on something, it kind of like opens that little creek for other people to go for it. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's inspired by or their own creation of to push it. You know. Yes, that is true. But yeah, the oh, so uh, looks like he's trying to. I finally got to see something. Uh, nope, that's just. People with PTSD about this at the series of the shit they've seen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that make that makes sense, I guess. Surprise somebody on it. Don't let them know what they're in for. Yeah, definitely might catch somebody off guard. Yeah, it probably will. Just like how we all were with Goblin Slayer. Dude, my wife literally got up and left. I remember you told me about that. She just said, "Nope, I'm not watching this." Got up off the couch and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that's basically one of our other headlines that just happened recently, especially. All right. Well, hope he rests in peace, and hopefully they don't fuck up his uh, his work in the future. <laughs> I hope so in the future, because they've already done it. So I hope they just gave it some justice. Yes, absolutely. All right, Manny, let's roll on to the next one. And then we got some bloopers on F1, right? <laughs> yes. So... I'll probably get a hold of the video and post it just because it's it's pretty entertaining to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this has to do with uh, the Mercedes team on the uh, Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah. So the Mercedes team has had like issues in the past before with their pit stops. I think I've seen some videos about that shit. Have you? Yeah. So they've had some where they, I think last year they even had one that was up to like 11 something seconds, which is really, really long for F1. Yes. You know what I mean? Because if I remember, it's like, I mean, I remember I was seeing, I was like, shit, that shit, like, like, it almost lasted like two seconds, honestly. Well, you get like five, six seconds and, and you're you're kind of in that mid-range ready to go, you know? I remember the, uh, seeing this one video clip, uh, I think it was one of the recent races for F1, where the driver came up into the into the pits and everything just to get like the, the to do the service when he gets back into the race and it looked like he was about to crash into his own pit crew <laughs> it's hot <laughs> entry hot exit it's get in get out no the pit crew had to like give him a thumbs like hey we're good we're good just, just don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> so last year they had that super super long pit stop and you know the drivers are doing pretty decently yeah it's just, you know, they they got to get that pit stop game. It is, in that sense, a team, right? Mm-hmm. So just as much as the driver has to be good and fast and make his times and be consistent, the pit stop has to get them in and out of there as fast as they can. Yeah. So I don't know if you've ever seen a wheel on those. 
they don't have like a five or a six lug, right? No, it's a one. It's a one, right? Just, in the center. just like the Lamborghinis. I don't really not sure about that. I don't know, but sure. I, I saw a video where they were showing a uh, how to take off the wheels of a Lamborghini. It was just like the one wheel, like the. If I'm correct, it was a Lamborghini. Okay. Well, uh, these guys have the like I said, just the one in the center, right? Mm-hmm. And they start off their qualifiers with soft tires. Okay. Uh, after that, they do switch compounds and they finish up, you know, 47, 50 laps or something like that for the rest of the race. And uh, this is uh, the Monte Carlo. Okay. Now, they have their impact guns. And again, these aren't normal impact guns. They're uh, Formula One impact guns. They spin at about 10,000 RPM. And they do about 3,000 Newton meters of torque. Yeah, these this is definitely not just your regular oogadugas. <laughs> and uh there's like I said, I'm gonna download the video and I'll I'll post it on the podcast page. Uh this guy goes right up to the wheel, blasts it with the gun, and completely rounds and shears off the bolt. God or you basically the nut that holds on the wheel. Okay. And they cannot get it off. They did not get it off, and the driver did not get to go back out on the track. Damn. It is. They thought about trying to put him back out there, but he couldn't do the rest of the lap or the rest of the laps mixing tire compounds. That's against the rules. Yeah. Matter of fact, it got so stuck that they had to send it back to the factory. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Where I'm assuming they're probably going to torch the fuck out of it, drill it out, or something. You know what I mean? Shoot, maybe even drop the whole arm off and replace the whole axle. <laughs> I don't know how heavily those things are torqued on there. You know what I mean? So that is a huge debacle. Obviously, that cost him the rest of the race, let alone any you know time delays, you know? Yeah. But I thought it was a kind of fun story about uh, some professionals fucking up, right? <laughs> So I kind of thought I'd roll into some little bit of a garage whoopsies. And, you know, like like we've kind of done before, our experience with cars and the car world and modifying and working on cars is pretty different. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older. I've been in it for much, much longer. And I've fucked up a lot more things. (laughs) I wouldn't doubt it. But Manny... Have you had that experience, just like modifying your car or repairing your car, going like, yeah, this will be a two-hour job, and then, you know, it turns into a day and a half because you fuck something up? So when I first got the Toyota pickup, I was doing, like, the refresh on, like, the suspension, like, the shocks and everything. And once I got to the rear shocks, so if you remember how trucks are with, like, the rear shocks, they go in different angles, one goes one way and go one goes the other way. So the top parts of the shocks, they were bolted on the old the old shocks. And then once I looked at the bottom part where it hold where it's like basically onto the blocks that hold the U the U bolts to the leaf springs with uh, the axle. And what I noticed is that none of each side had a bolt holding the shock. So the shock was like so stuck and just worn out. It was just stuck in place and never slipped out. I was like, fuck. So 
the the previous owner was just driving like this, like with the risk of it just popping off. Yeah. And so, of course, I put the new shocks, bolted them on top, got to the bottom. One side bolted in, the other one I tried bolting in, and it started getting tighter even though it wasn't all fully bolted in. It still had like maybe quarter of an inch of space. And as I'm going, I'm going, and it's, you know, snap. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and I look, and I tried to see if like maybe part of the bolt is still sticking out of the rivet hole. And nope, it was in there. That's the best. I was like, shit. Because it could have been an easy job where if it was sticking out, maybe get like a different bolt and just weld it. And then try to unscrew it out. But like since it was inside more, like I didn't want to risk that I was going to weld it completely to the whole part, not just the leftover bolt. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so that was my concern. I was like, shit, so what am I going to do? So, of course, uh, we have a nursery. My dad has like four, uh, four or three Toyota pickups. And he's like, well, fuck it. I don't care about these trucks. We use them. We abuse them. Like, doesn't really matter to me. Just take one off from one of theirs, from one of them. It's like, okay, so fuck it. Harvesting pick apart in your own backyard. Pretty much. <laughs> That's why you wanted the Toyota pickup. Not for that reason, actually. <laughs> but it was an offer I wasn't expecting. Okay. Because I thought my dad was going to be like, nope, don't, don't even think about it. I need these trucks to be in good condition for the work. I was like, so I was already looking up online and stuff and trying to see where I can get one. But he just like beat me to it, beat me to it, and just offered it right there on the spot. Nice, that's always nice. Yeah. So my guess is that there was already a bolt broken inside, and that's the reason why I didn't want to tighten more all the way till it closes a gap, maybe. And then I just so over tightened too much, even though there was blockage, that it just snapped basically. Possibly, possibly. It possibly, I just don't know. I can't think of any other reason why it could have happened like that. All right. Well, that's a fun one, although it didn't sound like it set you back too, too far. It set me back a few days, I would say. Um, uh, no, yeah, just a few days, just because I didn't have... Uh, even though we have our own shop where we do all our mechanic work, we don't have lighting there, so... And most of my stuff that I do is like at the end of the day where I have to like take advantage of the most um, the most amount of sunlight I can have still. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I hear you. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I guess for me, man, I have a, a little laundry list I could pick from. <laughs> <laughs> I would say one that was kind of funny though is uh, I was doing a... Just the standard everyday lowering springs. I've done them a million times before. And I think you might have showed up that day. Was it for the Cobra? I think so. Because I came and you were doing... You were replacing the the springs because they were just really old and worn out. Yes, yes. And I had got those Voglands from. Yes. Yes. And so these springs were extra extra stiff and i had to get get out the spring compressors which is fine you know and just the awkwardness of the positioning for them 
it was such a pain in the ass. And I'm like, I was super mad because I've installed iBox, I've installed H&Rs, I've installed a ton of springs on the exact same cars. Mm-hmm. But these springs were extra stiff and they were pissing me off. And everywhere I looked, they kept using uh, like this special spring insert tool specifically for the car. Yeah. And I'm like, I cannot wait, you know, I can't wait to get this like ordered and shipped and then fucking install it. I already got the stock springs out. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, I do remember like we were also like worried that the spring would just like. Well, that was my solution. I know, we'll but to like the solution, but yes. No, no. What I'm trying to say is like as we got the spring compressors, we were just worried that we were just doing it too much, that it was just going to like rip apart and the springs just going to fly at us. Well, you know, it's it's car guy jack in a box. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I believe if I remember, I believe I ended up because I have tons of fucking springs for that stupid fucking car. No, actually, I I do remember you tried to put the sp- the stock ones because you were having such a hard time. I did. I put them on and just drove it in the garage. <laughs> and then we still had a hard time putting the stock ones even back on. So you just became stance boy or static boy and just started grinding off parts of the coil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I grinded off the last coil, threw the stocks back on, threw it in the garage. I'm like, I'll fucking do this later. <laughs> Again, just like you, we were losing daylight. We were losing daylight. I was frustrated and I was like, nope, let's just put this shit back together. I'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> And uh, what I ended up having to do in order to make it work was actually cut my spring compressors themselves. We did that, too, when I was there. Possibly. No, we did. Just that it still wasn't working. Well, I got it to work afterward. You probably cut it more than... No, I didn't cut them anymore. I still have the pieces from them because I kept them just in case I needed them for something. I I think it's just at a certain point, you kind of get frustrated and you just have to walk away. Okay. You know what I mean? You fuck something up. Obviously, you can't do that in F1 driving, but... <laughs> True. But, I mean, sometimes you just get frustrated. You're working at something. You were expecting it to go easy, you know? And sometimes the best thing you can do is just walk away and try again later. True. That is true. Because I pretty much... The next day, I pretty much lifted it up, yanked those stockies out, did the exact same thing with the cut spring compressors, mm-hmm. and got them all in. Okay. And it was super fast. And it's not like the first time, you know, there's, well, I guess another story for this is uh, the Fox body. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was this was my prep for track day. Okay. You remember I pulled the motor and I did some refreshing and resealing on the motor. Then yes. I dropped the motor back in. I was there a few days to help you. Yes, yes. I did, did need some help swinging that motor in and out of that motherfucker. Uh, but after I dropped the motor back in, I had to reattach my transmission. Mm-hmm. So I've done it enough times. <clears throat> excuse me. I've done it enough times where I feel pretty comfortable dropping a trans by myself as well as putting it up. Sometimes shit does not want to work with you. <laughs> I will agree on that. So <clears throat> I putting it up to try to get ready for the for the track day which was coming up that weekend cuz I don't know if you remember I dropped it got the tran once I got the trans hooked up I pretty much test drove the night before and then drove up to uh Apple Valley the next mm, day yes <laughs> there wasn't much time for testing or tuning or nothing it was just drop it and go you know 
<clears throat> and I spent, man, dude, I was underneath there for a couple hours trying to line up and get my transmission to go in. And I could not get the input shaft in for the life of me. <laughs> so after like three hours, four hours of fucking with it, I get it in, right? I get it in and I'm setting up my clutch cable and everything. And what fucking did I notice? Is that my fork had no tension. Ooh. The fucking throwout bearing fell off the fork. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> And that's another moment where, you know, you're already tired. You're already frustrated that I was, you know, I was dicking around with the thing forever, you know. I closed the garage. You know, I left the jack underneath it and some jack stands to hold the transmission. I went inside, (laughs) took a shower, ate some tacos. (laughs) And uh, I actually went back that same day Mm. because this was already kind of getting towards the late at night, you know. I went back in, and I shit you not, I dropped it, put my uh, my throwout bearing back in the right place, aligned it, and I got the transmission back in in like 30 minutes. Okay. And I was so fucking mad and happy at the same time. <laughs> like, you know, you just get done fucking with it for hours on end, fighting it the whole time. And then just to, you know, basically fuck it up and have to redo it again. Yeah. Again, sometimes it just takes you walk away for a little bit, get your get your frustrations out, come back, and then you can just knock it out. So for some reason, hmm. just the stars aligned, my input shaft aligned, and it fucking went in. <laughs> okay, okay. And then like another 20, 30 minutes, I had the car running and test drove it. Nice. So yeah, some little stories of frustrations and fuck ups. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty more to come. Because I, I do have quite a bit more wrenching ahead of me that's probably going to fuck up some more stuff. Yeah. Definitely going to fuck up some more stuff. <laughs> I mean, we're not techs. I'm not a tech. I think uh, I think I have a little bit more experience hands-on than maybe most home wrenchers, I guess you'd call us. Right? Eh. But definitely not techs. We learn by the mistakes. Yes. For sure. <laughs> Not by books, by mistakes. By mistakes. Can't learn if you don't fuck it up. Like how my dad was uh, trying to do a brake change on one of our work vans. And as he's trying to compress the the pistons and the calipers, one decided to actually pop out fully. Oh, that's always fun. He just put it back in, placed it, and just put it on. And it, it works like if it never happened. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, we were trying to do the brake change on the on the RAM when I still had it. And he decided to do something stupid where he was trying to compress the pistons while I was trying to work on the other side doing the brakes. And all he was like, mother... Well, in Spanish, but like, motherfucker and everything. I walk over, he, he legit broke the piston. Oh, shit. What the fuck was he using? I don't know. He didn't want to tell me because he, he, of that Mexican pride and machismo. He didn't want to like... Admit to his mistake and everything. Like the actual piston? Yeah. Cracked or it was chipped? Cracked. Or? It cracked. What? <laughs> so like, fuck, we gotta, get, new, we gotta get, new, get a new caliper. Like, shit, it's already after hours. Then no one's going to be open to get it so we can get one real quick. Oh, yeah. Collateral damage is the worst. 
You know, you go in to fix something and break something else. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's... Oh, good times. (laughs) (laughs) Good times. Oh, shit. All right, Manny. Uh, Should we start rolling into some of these events? Yeah. So, Saturday, we actually went to Tenoshi Nights, our first time in a good while. Yeah, it has been a while, actually. What what would you say? Halloween was our last time when we went? Mm, I don't know. No. I don't know. I don't remember. I, I'm gonna say it was Halloween when we did the uh, when we participated as judges for the cosplay contest. Possibly, possibly, possibly. I feel like I went after that. I just didn't get to see uh, Ollie or SB or anybody. I think right. I just went to hang out for a little bit and then took off. Huh, that's interesting. Possibly, but yeah, no, we we got to go. This was at the new location, right? The Temecula. Yeah, this was in Temecula, which is basically just on the other side of the freeway from where Marietta is, honestly. Yeah. But I guess the the place is called Nakamaya. Yes, yes, yes. And I guess it's like one of those like typical Japanese like uh home goods store, I would say. General store? Or general store, like there a you general go. General store. It has yeah. just random kind of like Daiso. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's, I'm pretty that's sure, probably I'm pretty, a good description of I'm it. I'm pretty sure you've been in a Daiso before. Yes. So I'm, I'm going to say it's like that and everything, which I did find something interesting in there. I remember uh, I usually go to like a lot of the grocery stores in Little Tokyo whenever we go, and I always try to buy out their CC lemon drinks. Yeah, yeah, you guys get a little psycho with that. Well, it's not as bad as Tommy, though, with his milk teas. I mean, you guys both, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> and... There used to be this vitamin C drink that we would get. It's like a shot. It's like a shot container, a little bit of carbonated, but it's like heavy on vitamin C. And I remember we bought some and like we started tasting. It. I was like, oh, this shit's pretty good. The next time we went, I bought them all out before any of the other guys could get them. They were all pissed at me. And pretty much after that, we could never find it in these grocery stores anymore. I was like, shit, they don't have any more. And I found some at the Nakamaya store. Interesting. About four, because they were overpriced. Fuck that shit. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to lie. A lot of that shit in that store was overpriced. Really? Okay. In comparisons to what you find at like uh, Little Tokyo or what? I'm going to say yes. Okay. I didn't get to go in the store, but actually uh, the wifey it, had the same complaint. It was whatever, honestly. It's just basically a smaller version of Daiso, but more generic. I mean, they did have some anime stuff, but... It's just whatever, honestly. Okay. So what did you think of the overall spot? It So it was definitely bigger in parking lot size, I would say. But it just didn't feel the same. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt bigger as far as maybe square footage. But I think there was less cars. There was no, there was more cars again. They were like parked in like all over the place, just like how you had to park a little bit far away with your Fox and everything. Maybe that's what it was though, because there's so many other businesses that was still open. Yeah. Everything was... just felt super far apart. So I felt like where the main area is for the vendors and the cars and everything, mm-hmm. like the main area was super small. Yes. Like it just felt super small to me, even though maybe everybody, there was a lot of people there or a lot of cars there. It's just so spread out and mixed up with all the regular shopper cars and mm-hmm. 
what was that, Chili's? All the way down at Chili's or all the way down by the grocery store, and you know? Or that Italian restaurant. Yeah, it's just so mixed up with the normal cars and spread out so far away. Like It, it really felt like the venue was a lot smaller to me. I'm also going to say that another reason why it kind of felt smaller is because of the aisles. The the Yeah, the aisles had uh, those islands, basically, right? Mm. Where there's little bushes or trees in between them. So it kind of helps space the uh, each rows yeah. further apart, too. So, yeah, that's what I mean. Square footage-wise, it seemed, you know, really, really big. But I guess for the amount of people or spaces and everything it just kind of seemed it made it made it feel small to me i guess mm-hmm. is what i was i guess is what i'm trying to get at i did enjoy it honestly though i mean again we haven't been to tenoshi night since october for halloween and tenoshi nights is like legit one of like my most favorite and memorable uh, anime car meets in in particular so i always have a good time regardless of the situation yeah, I still had a good time. It was cool to see everybody, and and even though yeah, it was, like I felt it was kind of smaller, I still enjoy being out there. At least though, on this location, they didn't have that yellow shitty lighting. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I had to park so far. I got super yellow lighting. Oof. Yeah. Well, what's the reason behind those yellow light? I, I remember I was told once, but I forgot what it was. Um, oh, I believe the yellow light, light. Huh? Light pollution. Light pollution? Is that what it is? Yeah, the li- the yellow lights is like to help reduce light pollution in the sky. Oh, it also helps reduce uh, flies and, and mosquitoes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Because uh, flies and mosquitoes will attract more to the bright white lights than yeah. they would to yellow lights. That's why a lot of houses on the outside exterior, like houses exterior lights are always like that yellowish tint. Because mm-hmm. it helps... It helps not attract a bunch of fucking flies and mosquitoes and shit. Yeah. If you put those really bright ones, you're going to be fucking infested. Definitely. But other than that, I mean, it was really good to see Ali, um, SB Funko Pops, or is it Funko or Funk Pops? I can't remember. I, keep, I Funko. Always, Funko? Yes. Okay, I was trying to make sure I wasn't getting like the Funko Pops, like the, the actual dolls, like getting mixed up. With I this. think that's how I remember it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong too, though. Who knows? <laughs> no, it was definitely good seeing him too. I mean, he's been doing an amazing job on his IG, like just grinding on his uh, DJ skills and everything, just doing it, just mixing it, honestly. Heck yeah. Yep. SB Funko Pops. We're right. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one, there, I, there's one actually one funny incident. I was actually chilling with uh, Ali next to the DJ booth, and this dude comes up and like, hey, man, I just, just wanted to let you know this just happened. I mean, the damage wasn't that really that bad, honestly, but it's it just still happened. But there was like this uh, bone stock LS400. He tried to reverse into a parking spot, hit an FRS, and just like the moment he realized he hit it, he just dipped. I was like, oh, shit. Like That's so fucked up. It is. like like I mean... The damage really was just just a paint scratch. That's it. But again, it the girl was flipping her shit about her car getting hit and getting a paint scratch, which I don't blame her, especially the fact that the dude dipped. Yeah, I think the, no, I think the, it, it, it's it's the courtesy of it and, and just the damage to somebody else's stuff, dude. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's super fucked up. Mm-hmm. So... I guess Ollie, PSA, right? Yeah, pretty much. PSA, if anybody saw it or knows anything about it, 
contact Ollie. <laughs> well, regardless, uh, the dude actually had video footage of the guy, and I think he had his plates on the video. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, perfect, perfect. But Ali wasn't just too sure if he should actually publicize those details. He still made an announcement about what happened, but like details and concern towards the plates, I don't think he was... I don't know. Well, I mean, it, it just really depends on, uh, I guess, on the process, right? So if they're going to press charges and pursue it, then pursue it, right? Mm-hmm. If they don't have clear license plates on it, right? And they can't identify... I can't. They can't identify the car to press any charges or, or you know, make it right. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, let's put them on blast, <laughs> and you know, find out where this motherfucker's at. Mm-hmm. If, if it's already in process and they already got the license plate and it's already going through their channels to get to make sure you know the girl gets her car bumper or whatever repainted, you know, mm-hmm. then cool, leave it alone. There's no huge need to, you know. Yeah. If you do find out, maybe still tell him, like, hey, dude, you're probably not welcome back no more. <laughs> that is also true. You know, you can't be, if you can't park your car and you're going to hit somebody and take off, like, no, nah, that's, that's not fucking cool. We don't want you mm-hmm. around. Nobody wants you around because nobody wants to sit there and have to eyeball their car all night. Yes. I know there's people like that at car shows that were, you know. That, that's me when it comes to the El Camino. <laughs> you gotta, you're going to be the, the grumpy old man sitting next to it. Not And go that. on like, hey. Hey, get away from it. Not, it's not really that. Like, I know the car has the value t- um, that I actually get paranoid when I think about going places with it. Like, if I know I want to go out with it, I want to, and if I'm going to go to an actual location, not just cruise around and then just come back home, like, I want to know that I'm going to park it in a secure location. Got it. Okay. Secure from like being stolen. Yes. Okay, but what about like at a at a meet like that? At a meet, you don't want to have to like sit there and babysit your car from idiots parking, right? Uh, luckily that has not happened yet, and luckily that most of the meets that I've gone toward uh, to with the El Camino, I've never had to worry about that. That you know of. <laughs> I mean, I make sure I know where I'm gonna take it to at least. Yeah, but you don't know if that's going to happen or not. True. Right? It happened at the meet we were just at. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's what I mean. Those kind of people, unwelcome for sure. But I know that I, when I'm at a meet or a car show, I fucking hate being stuck by my car. <laughs> Even though half the time I end up just kind of floating around and then, you know, finding some friends or whatever, and we end up end up in one place just talking anyways, you know? But I just fucking hate being sit there stuck next to my car. I don't want to have to sit there by it. I don't want to have to worry about it. Just be there and then enjoy the event as a whole. I can enjoy my car on its own anytime I want. That is true. I want to be there for the event. I don't want to have to worry about it. Unless you left, you leave your car unlocked. I do that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I never take that car nowhere. I always forget. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, because the, the parking was so spread out, because I think, yeah, I don't think, I don't think at any uh, Tenoshi Nights I've ever locked the Fox body. Okay. Like, every Tenoshi Nights we've done, I've always left the windows down, doors unlocked. I just walk away. I mean, every time, the the, the, the few times that I took the El Camino, it was pretty much the same thing, windows down, unlocked as well. 
Yeah, but this one just because it everything was so spread out so far apart and I was basically in the Chili's parking lot. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm going to hire my windows and lock the door for once. <laughs> because at that point, it's actually out of your view. Oh, it's way out of the view. Yeah, yeah. But still had a good time. Mm-hmm. It, it, was, it was a cool time. The, the music was good. They had food going. Uh, they had the vendors kind of a little bit more organized down like one aisle, two yeah. aisles maybe. One aisle, huh? One aisle. Just I think on, it was one aisle. On yeah. each side of the aisle. Yeah, so that was fine. It it was a good, definitely a good time, but low key I do kind of miss the other location. <laughs> I mean, I get the, I I understand that the other location is smaller, but it just it just feels more in place, honestly. Maybe, yeah, maybe, or maybe we just get there extra early next time or something. True. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh that was Saturday, and Manny, you went back to uh, Okadi, right? I went back to Akari, uh, so I just pretty much just met up with some friends right before, got some lunch because I didn't eat all morning, and then after that, we just went to the Anaheim Garden Walk for the Akari event, uh, so a lot of the Atasha owners were not there, apparently, on this on this week in particular, or maybe just Sunday in particular. The majority of them were just not there at all, so once we got to the top floor, not the rooftop, but the top floor... It was just completely empty. She was like, like, are we, where is everybody? So like, we see some cars with like some stickers on them and on the windows and stuff. So it was like, we're obviously in the right place. But like, did they all move to a different place in the parking garage or somewhere else? I don't know. So in the end, we just still parked in the same place that we always do. And we just started browsing around the, the Anaheim Garden Walk where Okari is. They did have more vendors this time from last time that I went in their little exhibit hall area. Yeah. And they did have like a a separate exhibit hall, but they only had like three vendors and it was just like a very small room all the way across down the walkway of the garden walk. Oh, yikes. That Okay, so there were just kind of like just three of them by themselves over there? It was a retro game, uh, a, a retro game uh, shop uh, having a table there selling retro games and all that stuff. Uh, another booth for Smelly Panda, so they had two table, two booths, one in the main one and one in this one. Okay. And Vinyl Labs uh, tables and everything were there too. Oh, okay. Oh shit! All right. Yeah, the the layout's a little bit funky because I know it they is, have it is separate locations on separate levels. And I get that they're trying to like get people to walk everywhere and like yeah, one part's Shinjuku, one part is Shibuya. One part is uh, Akihabara, which is the exhibit hall area. And it's it's just kind of complicated, especially how the map is laid out. Trying to find these places, especially. Yeah, and I can say the time that I went, I pretty much only went to the exhibit hall. Mm-hmm. I didn't bother going around trying to find the other ones. <laughs> I do feel bad for the vendors because of how sporadic this whole map is. I don't, I, I'm not even sure if they're actually getting good like foot traffic into their place where they can see their merchandise and everything. Oh shit. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Are they paying a lot for that event? I, I did talk to one vendor. She said that just for the whole weekend, it was like $200. Oh, big yikes. Just to have a table there. Yeah. And then, you know, I guess having it every weekend for an entire month is a little bit, you're definitely going to get really, really sporadic traffic. Mm-hmm. 
there's there's no way to to kind of gauge or even tell like hey this is going to be the busy weekend or this is going to be the busy day you know i mean it's, it's a cool concept that they're trying to like bring back like an anime or like anime car style convention but i just like we just said like every weekend for a complete month i just don't feel like it it it's too much yeah yeah, if it, well, yeah if it was one full weekend like friday through sunday just for one just for one then i think that that would give them a chance to get more and more people to go because i was like oh yeah the, the event is this weekend but i'll just go to the next weekend it's it's all month yeah i mean that's the attitude i've had Yeah. <laughs> i mean do one weekend give it three months to promote at least you know two three months to promote it that's weird we didn't see any promotion ahead of time on this did we i didn't see any promotion from it It kind of hit me you know like out of nowhere and i you know it just kind of popped up on my feed once or twice and i was like oh shit it's this weekend like <laughs> i didn't even know about the event and the only reason i knew i found out about it is because i went to that cars and coffee for a sunday car social Oh, that's right. That's right. You told me about that. And only because they were collaborating with them since they had their Cars and Coffee that weekend to do a cruise right after Cars and Coffee and go to that location to help support because they were doing a collab. And see, most of my kind of intel was when we had Mark on. <laughs> True, because Mark was there um, staffing for the event and everything. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I guess because I saw the flyer and I didn't really pay super attention to the dates just because i've never really heard of a every weekend of the month event kind of mm -hmm. thing going i i didn't catch it you know mm -hmm. so once he kind of talked about it then i was kind of like okay i mean it, it's a great concept but definitely needs a little bit more promotion behind it promotion and honestly just more organized and just it i feel like especially for the benefit of the vendors it would have benefited more if it was all in one central location and not sporadic again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think going upstairs, downstairs, parking structure, ground floor. Because they even had some food trucks, right? That was a, technically part of their event. They on did? The ground. Yeah, I think one of the days they had food trucks or something on the ground floor. I didn't know anything about that. I thought I saw a flyer for that, yeah. I, this is the first I've heard of it. So it's just too much in different areas and too far of a whole month timeline, basically, you know, mm -hmm. I, I hopefully, uh, I mean, ho hopefully they give it another shot. I think it's definitely worth it. Right. I feel like for, since this weekend's going to be the last weekend, this is going to be the one where everybody's going to want to go because all the big name vendors, which kind of kills it for the small time vendors, because once the big name vendors come, they're all going to be focused on them and not the small-time vendors. I Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. I see and I did talk saying. to some of the vendors, and they were actually worried about that. Okay. Well, you know, how about everybody listening go to Okadi and support some of the small-time vendors? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> I, did put, I did buy some stickers from some of them. So uh, uh, some of them I actually really did enjoy and, and liked. So they might just be put on the Mustang. Okay, very cool. But definitely uh, for this weekend, if you ever get the chance to go, do definitely support the small-time vendors. Um, I feel like they're doing a great job, honestly, even though they might be losing. Who knows? But nobody wants to see other people fail, honestly, especially when they try to put effort into it. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you want everybody to do well. Definitely. Everybody do well. Hopefully, like I said, even the event overall, I would want to do better and do well. Mm-hmm. And hopefully another shot with some little bit of revisions and maybe it'd be another great event we can look forward to all the time, right? True. More the merrier. But for this weekend, I feel like, like I said, it's going to be more people and more uh, lively, especially because all the big name vendors are going to be there. Um, some public figures, like some cosplayers and everything. And it kind of looks like they're going to have like a car trophy contest. Uh, some like little car show judging, especially, especially for the Tasha scene. So, uh, I I think I'm not too sure. All right, cool. And with that, especially, uh, what they announced also is that they're gonna do like an after party, so full on bar and everything, dance DJ and everything, and all the cars, uh, surrounding the area where the the whole part after party is gonna be. So. It just looks like it's going to be like that's going to be the, the weekend that everybody's going to want to go to. Well, hopefully kick it off with a bang at least. Or end it with a bang. Or Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. End <laughs> it with a bang. <laughs> All right. Well, let's roll into our next one. Uh, next one. I think that's it. That's it. Actually, no. I actually did go to a meet that I'm pretty sure you haven't gone to in a while. And I haven't gone into like maybe a year and a half. Shit boxes and coffee. Ooh, that's been a while for sure. Yeah, so right after Okadi, we dipped over to that location. And it actually felt relaxing just going to that place, even though I haven't been there in a while for that meet. Dude, I love that meet, honestly. It's just far from home, and it's late on a Sunday, and I'm old as shit. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? It starts at what, 9 p.m.? It starts at 8. 8? Okay, I don't know why I thought it was 9. That's still late. Yeah, it is. I mean, just just to be out there. I'm usually, especially on a Sunday, I'm in bed early. Right. Hell yeah. It's my bedtime right now, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> but it it just sucks for me just because it's on a Sunday, but I it's definitely one that I did enjoy going to and sometimes losing those hours of sleep just to go and hang out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get home until midnight, I think. Till midnight? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, I mean it. it I enjoyed myself going there. It's been definitely a good while since I've been there. And it was just really relaxing. Yeah. I think, uh, man, dude, I actually met a lot of people at shitboxes and coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think that was actually the first time I really actually like met and talked to Leo. Was it? I think so. No, I mean, we had moments where we actually talked to him at Sugoi before we started going to that meet. Maybe, but I didn't really, like, you know when you meet somebody and you don't really, like, Associate, register them yeah, yet? Yeah. You know, they're not really registered. It's like, yeah, I think I've seen them around. I forget. What's their name? Or mm-hmm. who, who's that again, you know? When I finally figured out who he was, was, I think, at one of those meets. Oh, okay. And then uh, I know I've talked about him before. He's the good friend that passed away from COVID, uh, Charlie. Charlie. I met him at Shitboxes and Coffee. I, he was the one with the B13 Sentra. Never met him. Uh, older guy. He actually owned a RC car track. Does not ring a bell. Okay. Well, I met him there and would, you know, we, me and him would always chop it up about different car stuff going on too. Okay. 
So I, I do enjoy that meat is just late night Sundays, man. <laughs> Especially now that it's more of a drive for you. I mean, it was always a drive from the beginning. And since I make my own work schedule and I refuse to go in late, I want to go in so early in the morning. I'm always up early in the morning, too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a double edge for me. Okay. But yeah, maybe maybe uh, in the future I'll give up a couple hours here and there to go go do it do that meet again. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then uh, NASA's come in, Manny. Oh, that's right. You are you bought your ticket, right? It is take two at the attempt for NASA at Auto Club Speedway. Yes, attempt number two, and this time. Fingers crossing. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely fingers crossing. You will get in for HPD1. Definitely. So your car is prepped. I'm going to still do a reevaluation of everything. I'm going to check brakes again just to see how we're doing, especially the rear. I have some concerns maybe on the rear. I'm not too sure. No, you're fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying from the how you drive and how many miles you have, Versus how I drove my S550 and how many miles I put on it before it needed brakes. Well, don't forget what I told you last time, that I went to Vegas after we put on the brakes. But on the drive home, I was having some very heavy metal screeching noises that sounded different from when how the brakes were when they were not caught. I mean, that's kind of normal. But it, it just sounded different from what I was already used to, how it sounded. Yeah, but you had factory pads, and then you put on Hawks. No, I got used to the Hawks, how they sounded, but this time when I went to Vegas on the way back, it sounded completely different. Do you still hear the sound? Every now and then, it's weird. You're paranoid, man. You are right. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm still going to do a, re-evalu- a reevaluation. No, no, that's, that's never a bad thing. Go mm-hmm. ahead and double check all your safety stuff. Definitely. But everything, for the most part, minus any repair that you might spot, mm-hmm. everything's done and ready. Yes. Your brakes are good. Your tires are good. I mean, it's a fucking new car, so you don't really have much to worry about. Just need to do oil change. Just have it fresh. And would you recommend a brake fluid flush or refresh? Um, When was... I'll look at it, maybe. That's usually not a bad idea. Okay. Usually not a bad idea for sure, but we'll we'll inspect it and see where it's at or see when the last time you did it and all that stuff is. But, uh, yeah, that's not a bad idea to do a flush. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, that's just regular maintenance, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're good to go. Yeah, so I registered for June 13th, which is Sunday. Pretty much the only day I can actually do it. Yes. I did talk to my dad since, of course, he's my boss as well. I was like, oh, we can see what happens because, of course, uh, with this whole situation, we are short. We do have a shortage on workers in the workforce. And so we're kind of a little bit struggling here and there with the work. We're still, we're still just maintaining ourselves, even though it's a little bit of struggle with like just being understaffed. But he was just telling me, well, just waiting to see, wait until we get close to the weekend, and we'll just see how it turns out. If you if you get the chance to go on Saturday, you're like, well, uh, it's probably not gonna be possible because I'd have to register for right now. I can still register in person on on the Saturday, but it's just gonna be more expensive. So. Yeah, yeah, and you never know if that. Things gonna sell out or something. Yes. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully after what happened last time, so many people got discouraged and nobody's registering and we'll have a nice open track and 
I know it's not going to happen, but <laughs> <laughs> those dang HPD ones are back. <laughs> Don't forget where you started, Tony. I forgot already. What? <laughs> this man. Yes, but I'll be there too. I'll probably try to register for both days. Okay. Um, I'm having debates on maybe doing a crunch time on ball joints, wheel bearings, hubs, and maybe studs. Okay. And just taking the Fox out and getting a little shakedown going. Sounds like a plan, actually. Does it? Yeah. I don't know. Well, well, I'm going to look up and see how long it would take for the parts to get shipped out here if I did it. Mm -hmm. And if the time frame looks like, you know, they can get shipped out by this date and that gives me a decent amount of time to actually install everything, Mm -hmm. maybe I'll take it out. Okay. If not, I'll take the Type R and... Unfortunately, it's going to be June 13th. Yes, June 13th. June 13th, so at least 90-something degrees. Yes. And I'm fairly sure I'm going to overheat the Type R. (laughs) (laughs) Which sucks. But I think if I do end up taking the Type R this time, even though it's uh, scorching out, I think I might just try to modify my driving a little bit. I might not be as fast, but maybe instead of shifting close to the red line, I'll shift early and keep the RPM slightly lower than I normally do. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of those adjustments will help me keep the car from getting too hot. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just pretty much trial error. I mean, a lot of error, but <laughs> if I can, if I figured like the times I'm doing there, I'm pretty happy with. And I know I'm not going to get the best times when it's hot like that. I'm probably going to get my best times, you know, on the January event. Mm-hmm. Was it January, February? The one we, that I went with you? Yeah. That was March. That was March? Okay, well, even March. Like, I'll probably get my best times, in, you know, the earlier seasons or colder seasons, right? That's probably where I'll make my best times. So I know I'm not going to hit my best times on this one. If I can keep to low twos and not overheat, Fuck it. I'll be happy with that. <laughs> okay. Keep me in low low, low two-minute laps and no overheating. Cool. I'm having a blast. I'll just practice my lines. I don't need to go out there and smash a PB every time, you know? Nice. On the flip side, I could convince the wife to let me use her wagon for the track day. <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be so fun to go out there in the fucking grandpa wagon. I'd, I'd be down. That'd be that'd be a fun, fun car to drive out there. Okay, okay. I just don't want to fuck up those tires. <laughs> and then uh, finding wheels for that car is kind of a pain in the ass. It's a really weird lug pattern. How weird? So, you know, there's a 5 by one fourteen point three. That's kind of like your standard Ford, your standard Nissan, standard Toyota. 5 lug. Yeah, Honda, Toyota, you know? Then you kind of have the like five by one twenty. That's like your typical German, you know, uh, BMWs. The Type R's five by one twenty. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of have these standard set sizes. And I don't know. Maybe there's a car brand that uses these a lot, and I've just never fucking dealt with them. But the lug pattern for the wagon is a uh, five by one fifteen. Huh. And I've never fucking seen that lug pattern before, so. Okay. 
uh, the thoughts of like, hey, I'll just buy some aftermarket wheels. I have a fucking set of um, fucking tires. I'm fucking ton of tires. <laughs> I have a set of tires in the garage. Pick up some wheels, slap those 18 tires on it, and they're 200 treads already anyways, and go out and whip the wagon around. But I don't know where I can find those wheels, let alone, you know, correct uh, the, the correct hub bore size and offset, you know? Yeah. So slightly killing the dream, but maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, Manny, I think with that, let's call this an episode. Yeah. Why don't you tell the people where they can find us? You can definitely find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Unaccepted Pod. And we do have a website, unacceptedpod.com. And be sure to like, subscribe, leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, want to send an unaccepted rev, or have a general hate or death threat, you can email us at unacceptedpodcast at gmail.com. We'll see everybody next Wednesday. Johnny.